It's time for All Things Gardening with Charlie Nardozzi, brought to you by Vermont Victory Greenhouses and Gardener Supply. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Mary. Well, there's a nearby neighbor who wows me each summer with their front lawn flower choices. They have these tall, showy, bright explosions of color. And each year I always say to myself, plant those, remember to plant those. But I always forget. Charlie, enlighten us about the impressive and delightful zinnias, and maybe I'll remember to plant some this spring. Yes, zinnias, one of our favorite flowers, because, as you were just saying, they have so much color in them, and they bloom from midsummer to frost, just cranking out these beautiful large blossoms. And they're great for pollinators and butterflies, too. So let's talk about zinnias. Most of the ones that we see out there are zinnia elegans. That's the species. Those are the Benary giants and the state fair mix, some of the older varieties with those probably three to five feet tall plants with big-sized, colorful flowers. There's also short versions, too, those little mounding ones, the profusion zinnias and the Zahara mix. Those only get a foot or two tall. They're great in the front of a border or in a container. There's some that are cactus types. And then there's a new series out called Queenie lime. It grows about three feet tall, but it has multiple colors within that flower. So there's red in lime, orange in lime, blush in lime. Also, though, there's been a lot of selections of some of the wild zinnias. Zinnias are native to Mexico and Central America. And if you see the zinnias down there, they tend to be shorter plants, more colorful, and they're in the species Hagiena, so zinnia Hagiena. Uh, There are a few of those commercially available. The Persian carpet is one that's like that, very colorful, small, double flowers. And there's one called red spider that really looks like an echinacea. It's kind of wild looking. Whatever zinnia you're growing, you can start the seeds indoors about a month before you put them outdoors. So probably late April for a, a Memorial Day planting. Let them grow up, top them if you have to, to make them a little bushier and you'll be well on your way. Oh, I'm totally going to try them this year. Here is a question that actually came into us via uh, voicemail. It's from Andrew and he's wondering about his cherry tomatoes. Let's give this a listen. I have had a cherry tomato uh, on my counter for well over two months and it has not gone bad at all. It's absolutely perfect uh, just as it was two well over two months ago. Any comments on that? I appreciate it. So congratulations, Andrew. You've got a cherry tomato that's lasting a long time, and and that actually is not an unusual trait with some varieties of tomatoes. I grew a tomato once called Long Keeper. This is a larger tomato, and it literally could stay indoors after you harvest it for months. Uh, Just having that certain genetics in there that allows it to slowly mature so it doesn't rot. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) Here's one from Mike in Hyde Park. Mike writes, I've recently learned of an unwelcome invasive here, the jumping worm. I personally know two people who have infestations in their gardens, and they live 50 miles apart from each other. My question is, Mike writes, do you know how widespread the problem is? And is handpicking the only way to fight them off? Yeah, it is pretty widespread. It's all over Vermont and a lot of other states now. Uh, we're seeing these Asian worms or jumping worms or snake worms, a lot of different names for them. And the thing about them is that they are uh, very hungry. They eat a lot, much more than European earthworms. Um, and they reproduce a lot too. So they can really devastate, especially a forested area or a perennial area, because they eat all the organic matter there. So you don't get a lot of uh, 
new seeds and saplings and, and plant growth underneath the forest. It looks kind of barren just with the trees. In the garden, you have the same kind of issue. And when you're digging around, if you see this earthworm that's really squiggly, especially when you agitate it or you pick it up or something, that's probably the jumping worm. The best thing to do is to pick them and to throw them into a, a plastic bucket or a plastic bag and just let them get fried. Just let them dry out there. If you want to learn more, go to Joseph Gora's website. Uh, he's at UVM. He's an entomologist there, and he has a lot of information on jumping worms. Yep, and we can share that uh, info in the post as well. If you've got questions, send them to us, vermontpublic.org. Search All Things Gardening and submit your question in the post. Thanks so much, Charlie. You're welcome, Mary, and I'll be seeing you in the garden.